Amen. We want to take up our Sunday morning uh, discipleship offering. Brother Wayne, if you come help me, sir, appreciate that. Amen. God is so good. Amen. All the time. Amen. I feel like David. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying these lessons. Amen. And praise God. God is so good. He's, he knows what we have need of in every time. And, and, you know, like I was telling my class yesterday, I was teaching. Every time we read the Bible, every time we hear a message, we need to examine ourselves and see, hey, how does this apply to me? What do I need to do with this? Because it does us no good if we hear the Word of God and then don't apply the Word of God. That's what it's designed to do, is to help us to grow in everything. And like I told my class yesterday, I gave them a, an acronym from, the, from Luke. And I says, when you look at the word Luke, or the name Luke, you take the L, you look, you listen, and you learn. Amen. You look into the Word of God. You listen to what God has says, and you learn from what He's they Things that are going on. And then I says in you, amen, you under get an understanding, you unearth, dig in there, get into it deep, just unearth those things and break up the fallow ground. Amen. They get the K. You keep what you're hearing. Keep it. Amen. The Bible says keep those things which has been committed to you. And then E, you want to go out and evangelize. <laughs> you want to hit the streets, man, start telling everybody about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. So today we want to pick up. Thank you, sir. We w- Oh, there's a note on there. Okay. Amen. There's... um. Amen. We've been talking about the Beatitudes, and it's designed to adjust our attitude. Amen. When Jesus came down off the mount, he begins to teach. Amen. So last week, we was talking about what? What did we talk about last week? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will what? See God. Amen. Amen. You gotta have a pure heart. You want your heart to be pure. You want your heart to be right. We found that in Psalms 15, who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Amen. We want our hearts to be pure. We want our minds to be right. A clear mind. Isaiah 26, 3. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Amen. You want your mind. You don't want a whole bunch of junk running through your mind. Amen. You want your mind to be pure. You you want good thoughts to come out of you. You want to speak words of encouragement and edification. And this happens when we allow the word of God to go in us. Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. And so, therefore, we want the word of God because it is pure. It is right. Amen. And so we want this word to come into us. Amen. And get into our hearts and, and to clear our minds, to root out all the other junk that we've had in there all the those years, those hidden secrets, those hidden things that are in our lives. We want to get rid of it. Amen. Isn't it amazing? God knows everything is in us. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 139, Oh, Lord, there's not a word in my tongue. You don't know it all together. He knows what I'm going to say. But then the psalmist says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength. And my Redeemer. Amen. We want our words to be pleasing to God. And so that helps us when we keep a pure heart because we want to see God. Amen. When our minds are clear, we're not cluttered with all kinds of junk. When you read the Word of God, you can see what God is trying to show you. You can see the oneness of God. You can understand who God is if your mind is clear. But if you got so much clutter in your mind, you have a hard time trying to figure it out. 
And that's where a lot of people error. Amen. They got so much stuff, they won't come and let the word cleanse them out so that they can see what God is trying to do. I have not seen or ear heard, neither have it been into the hearts of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed it to us by his spirit, right? Amen. So we want to know. Amen. So number seven today. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Amen. How many of you won the Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> you did. Praise God. <laughs> you should. Every year you should win the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> for, for maintaining the peace. Or going about your life to bring about peace. Amen. In the life of you and in the lives of others. We should all be working towards peace. A peacemaker is a man or woman who, being endowed with a generous public spirit, labors for the public good and feels his own interest promoted and promoting that of others. Therefore, instead of fanning the fire of strife, he uses his influence and his wisdom to reconcile the contending parties, adjust use his influence and wisdom to a contend parties, adjust their differences and restore them to a state of unity. So what this is saying is, we should go out of our way to bring about peace. We should be doing everything we can in our power to be about peace. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you look in Isaiah 9 and 6, we know that Isaiah says that, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, right? So, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of all peace. When he says peace, everything has to be at peace. Amen. And when you look at this, now think about Jesus Christ. We know that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So therefore, the gospel, as you read throughout scriptures, you find it is called what? The gospel of peace. See, so if I am obedient to the gospel, then I'm supposed to be in a state of peace. See? Because Jesus is the peace. Alright? And this is what we've got to get into the point and realize when I apply the gospel to my life. When I go out and share Jesus or teach Bible studies, what's the overall objective? Not only salvation, but they're going to come into a step with peace. People's lives are out of whack. People's lives are turned upside down. People are going through so much in their lives. Amen. But once they obey the gospel, it can begin to bring the peace that they're looking for in their lives. And they can go about themselves, try to bring about peace. Amen. I don't care what group you are a part of. You could be a part of the KKK, the cool colored kids. You could be a part of, amen, the, the Black Lives Matter or the Black Panthers or, or whatever. You could be a part of that. But once the gospel of Jesus Christ come into your life, you're going to get rid of that mess if you have truly, sincerely repented. 
Because you now see the value of bringing peace into the people's lives. Amen. And that's what God is designed to do. And this is why the gospel is so important to you and I. It breaks down that middle wall of partition between us. Amen. And Romans 10, 15, Paul, uh, right into the church at Rome, he, he goes on, he talks about how shall they hear without a, a preacher, and he goes on in Romans 10, 15, and he says, How beautiful of the feet of them that do what? Preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Notice, how beautiful are your feet. Amen. Those that come to preach the gospel, those that come to share Jesus Christ with someone else, you're beautiful. Amen. This is what people are looking for. So how beautiful are the feet of them that bring peace. Amen. To publish peace. Because that's what the gospel is designed to do. And to be a child of God. Amen. We know that without the Spirit of God, we're none of His. And so therefore, Jesus gives us His Spirit and He commissions us. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. They drink any deadly thing. It shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You see, when we are commissioned now, when we are born again, we are brought into the family of God, we become His children. And therefore, as His children, it is now our responsibility to mend peace. Amen. It is our responsibility to go out and to share this truth of the gospel so that those whose lives are turned upside down, those that has division, can come into a state of peace. Amen. You are called to be a child of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. If you have strife, James says, James 3, 17. Amen. Notice what James says in James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Notice. And it's peaceful. Amen. It's gentle and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. See, you're the go out making peace. Because you have the truth of the gospel. Don't let strife, sedition, variance... And all this stuff be named amongst you as becoming saints of God. You are a child of God now. And so your responsibility is to be a peacemaker. Say, this is what God wants. Amen. 1 Corinthians 7.15. 1 Corinthians 7.15. Why he's going there. But see, we got to get this thing. Strife is a work of the flesh. We've already seen that in our Wednesday night studies. Amen. We want strife out of our lives. We don't want to participate in things that are going to cause division. Amen. First Corinthians seven fifteen. You getting there? Y'all be patient with my new computer techie back there. <laughs> he forgot all his army traits. <laughs> Amen. 
There we go. <laughs> but if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such a case, but God has called us to what? Peace. Amen. We've got to be at peace. Amen. This is what God desires. He's called us to peace. He's called us to Him. And He's the Prince of Peace. And so we must now walk and operate in a state of peace. Amen. He will keep us in perfect peace. You know, it's stayed upon Him. This is what Paul, you know, told the church in, in Philippi. He says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will keep what? Your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. See, you go to God. You talk to God. Amen. How many secrets do you have? You got a lot of secrets you're hiding from God? He knows everything, don't it? You know, so, so why don't we just tell him when we go to him in prayer? God, I'm struggling with this. God, I'm having problems with this. You know, he's just waiting. He knows already. You know, isn't it amazing a woman with the issue of blood? Once, you know, she had this secret, right? But as soon as she touched Jesus and Jesus says, who's touched me? She came, got right in front of him and told him everything. And what did Jesus say? Your faith is here. Amen. We want to be, now she's in a state of peace. Before she was tormented, troubled. Amen. See, we need to just start getting in front of Jesus and start telling him. (laughs) You ain't hiding nothing from him. He already knows. Just tell him the things you're struggling with, the things that's bothering you. You're called to be a child of peace. Amen. This is what God wants. I don't know how I got there. My goodness. Amen. But we, we have to realize that. Amen. Because you don't want torment in your life. You don't want struggles. You don't want to be on a roller coaster up and down. You want to be on an evil kill. Amen. In your life and in your families. Praise God. And this is why we have to learn to do what is right. Because if we don't learn to do right, then we're not going to have peace. See, because God is a God of righteousness. And so this is what he desires of us, to be at peace in ourselves. Amen. We can't gossip, we can't backbite and do all the wrong things and then expect to have peace. It doesn't work that way. Amen. We are called to edification. And so the gospel is called the gospel of peace because it tends to reconcile man to God and to each other. Amen. You ever seen a person, first time they do, they come into a relationship of God, they haven't felt this truth. As soon as they get up from praying, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to hug somebody. (laughs) They just feel like, I need to hug you for praying for me. I need to hug you for for helping me here to get to this sin. Amen. And that's what happens is it reconciles. You know, we have the ministry, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, of reconciliation. The gospel, is that's what it's designed to do. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. The gospel brings people together. People that was divided, it brings them together. When you look in the scriptures in Acts, the Jews and Gentiles were separated. But as soon as the day of Pentecost happened, what happened? Everybody started coming together. 
Amen. There was no division any longer. It, it, the middle, as the scripture says, the middle wall of division, a partition between us was broken down. That's what Jesus does. Amen. You can have turmoil in your home. I guarantee you, you start holding more to Jesus Christ and see don't the peace start coming into place. Amen. This is what happens when you live your life as a child of God because and you you stand firm on the word of God. You see no peace begin to come into play in your household and in your family. Because people realize that you're standing on the truth of the word of God. Amen. In Ephesians 6 verse 5 is called the gospel of peace. Amen. As well here when we're putting on the whole arm of God. Amen. We put on our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? Servants, be obedient to them of your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart unto the Lord. Amen. Be at peace among yourselves here, the Bible tells us. Amen. Peacemakers, the children of God, for he is our father of peace. Those who promote it reputes his children, reflects or becomes his children. But whose children are they who foment division in the church? The enemy, the devil. Amen. Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4, verse 1 through verse maybe 4, somewhere in there. Ephesians 4. (laughs) He's getting there. There you go. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Amen. Are you bound to Jesus? Are you a Jesus servant? Amen. You're a prisoner to Christ. Amen. That means you're locked up, tangled up, tied all up in him. You can't get loose. Right? Amen. Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation whereunto you are called. Amen. Verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering and forbearing one another. Notice, you got to prepare, you got to put up with some folks. If you're going to mean the peace, you've got to, you got to be like Tom X, take a licking and keep on ticking, right? <laughs> you've got to put up with some stuff if you're going to maintain peace. Amen. You can't fly off the handle when somebody says something that you don't like, does something you don't like. Amen. Because you're designed to maintain the peace. You're the child of God. Amen. Amen. So, bearing one another and what? Love. <laughs> Endeavoring, striving, doing everything you can do to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Amen. Trying very hard, doing everything you can to maintain peace. Sometimes that may, means you just have to turn and walk away. Amen. And just pray. You may have to walk off in the corner and lift up holy hands. <laughs> you know, and says, God, <laughs> forgive me because I'm about ready to sin. <laughs> Boom. 
Amen. Amen. To maintain the peace, you may have to just walk away. I'll find myself doing it quite often, to be honest with you. I might have to walk outside or I might have to go to the store, do something to just get away for a moment. (laughs) You know, because we are designed to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Amen. This is what we want to do. We're not the children of the devil. We're the children of Christ. And James says that we have strife and bitterness and envy and all that foolishness in our heart. He says, lie not against the truth. He said, it doesn't come from God. It's from above. Say, and the enemy wants us to be divided. Say, because he knows if we stay in unity, there's harmony and there's strength and there's power. A two-fold cord or three-fold cord is not easily broken. See? And so his job is to try to conquer and to divide. But we must be strong, amen, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who strive to prevent contention and strife in war, who use their influence to reconcile opposing parties and to prevent lawsuits and hostilities in families and neighborhoods. Every man may do something of this, to, and no man is more like God than when he does this to bring about peace. You're like Jesus when you do everything you can do to maintain the peace. Jesus said, if he smack you on the right cheek, give him your left. If he takes your coat, give him your cloak. Amen. You're designed to be a child of God. There ought not to be unlawful and officious interference in that which is none of our business. Amen. <laughs> Things that are none of my business, I ain't got any reason to be meddling in it. Matter of fact, Solomon put it this way. If you look at Proverbs uh, chapter 26 and verse 17, Proverbs 26, 17, Solomon says, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like what? You ever grab the dog by the ears? He'll tear your hand off. He'll bite you. So you pass by and see some stripes, strife, ain't got no business messing with it. Amen. If it don't belong to you, don't get involved in stuff that don't belong to you. Be, be considerate. I'm sure you heard the joke about the, the two guys that was walking along the shore and all of a sudden, the bottle washed up, and and they opened the bottle, and out popped the genie. And the genie says, thank you so much for freeing me. I've been in this bottle for years and years and years. And your wish is now my command. What would you like for me to do? The first guy says, hey, just give me a billion dollars. He says, but if I do, your mother-in-law gets twice as much. God says, fine with me. He says, because when she dies, it's coming to me anyhow. He says, okay, your wish is my command. Turn to the second guy and says, and what would you like, sir? He says, just beat me half to death. (laughs) You get it? (laughs) 
Because your mother-in-law is going to get twice as much. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen to your mother-in-law, right? <laughs> She's through. <laughs> Praise God. But anyhow, we are designed to keep the peace. Amen. Don't meddle in other people's business. This is one way we can maintain the peace here. Amen. We must endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Amen. Is what God says for us to do. Amen. Hebrews twelve fourteen tell us to follow peace with all men and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. Amen. How do we follow peace? How do we follow peace? Amen. Follow the Lord, right? Because He's peace. So as long as I follow the things of God, as long as I follow the Word of God, then I will wind up doing the things that I am supposed to do. Amen. And in John chapter 14, if you have your Bibles while you're flipping pages, amen, verse 27, 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. John 14. John 14. I give you a second to get there. John 14, 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you will rejoice because I said I go to my father, for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe you're after. I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and have nothing in me. But the, the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, even do I arise and let us go. So he says, I'm giving you my peace. See? So the question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with the peace he's given you? See? The child of God should not have Ups and downs and tormentation. See? Because you know Him. And if you know Him, you know He's the Prince of Peace. If you know Him, you know we're supposed to go about publishing and doing the peace of God. Because this is what He desires. We should be at peace with our neighbors. We should be at peace in our homes. We should be at peace with one another. We should go out of our way to maintain the peace. Notice what he said in Ephesians 4. You endeavor to keep the unity of the peace. As we said, it's not about you. It's about him. On Wednesday night, we've been talking about what? Getting away from self. See? And so we want to elevate and edify Jesus Christ. And as a result of doing that, it will keep the peace in the bond. It will keep the peace in the body of Christ. Amen. The wisdom from above is first pure and is peaceable, is gentle, and is easy to be entreated, James says. 
So therefore, we've got to work on these things. This is why God has given us these things. The Beatitudes. He says, look, you've got to adjust your attitude. You've got to adjust your way of thinking. You cannot follow strife. You cannot go after sedition. You can't be variance and all this thing and be called my child. Say, you have got to have peace. You have got to go about making peace. You know, that's why he says, if you come to the altar and there remember your brother has all against you, he says, you go be reconciled to your brother. See, this is what he desires of us to do, to maintain the peace. So we've got to work on this thing. I know it's not easy, but greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He knows what you're going to go through. Amen. To maintain the peace. Now, we know the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Everybody knows the story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob got Esau's birthright when he kid, and Esau was going to kill him. And so here's Jacob. He spent 20-something years tormented, fearing that his brother's going to kill him. Right? So when Jacob is coming home, amen, God tells him to go home. Right? Oh, my. Can you imagine what he must have felt? God comes and says, okay, I want you to go back home. Now, you're going home and knowing your brother has told you I'm going to kill you when dad dies. You know? So Jacob comes back and he is so distraught. Angels are flying all over his head. <laughs> all around him. Angels flying. And the people say, whoa, look at that. And Jacob says, oh, man, that's heavenly host. He ain't even phased. Because his mind is tormented. He's thinking, my brother's going to kill me. What is the angels going to do for me? And God is trying to tell him, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm right here with you. You know, you don't have to worry about your brother. You know, and as a result, you know, then Jacob says, man, I got to come up with a plan here. Man, this guy's going to kill me. I got to come up with a different plan. And so he divides his families, you know, up, you know. And try to send cattle and everything to make appeasement, you know, and stuff. And then he sends everybody across to Brook J. Buck and he gets over at night and he wrestles with the Lord all night long. And God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Now you're no longer a deceiver and a subplanter. Now you're a prince. Now you're a prince of God, you know. And Jacob finally realized, okay, I got to go. Uh, he could have probably just kept going without having to limp the rest of his life, you know, wrestling with God. God told him to go home, you know. So he decided he wanted to wrestle with God and get his hip thrown out of place. When he could have just walked on cross like he told him and been at peace. So now he's got to drag his leg, you know, make a, make a what do you call a tourniquet and all that stuff on his leg, you know, and stuff. And then... First of all, here come the first crew. Come back. Did you see my brother Esau? Yeah, man, he's coming. He's got 400 guys, man. He didn't take that stuff you gave. Now his mind is messed up again. You know? Got to come up with a different plan. Bite a little bit more here. If you meet him, you tell him, your Lord, your Lord. It goes on and on and on. You know? And finally, Esau comes and says, hey, what is all this stuff? 
Who's all this stuff? Who's all these people? His heart, God has already moved upon his heart. God has already softened his heart to receive his brother back. Amen. And he's Jacob's out here wearing, and God has done fixed the problem. Amen. God is not going to tell you to do something that he's not already working on your behalf. When you feel the unction of God to make it right, you need to move, amen, and get it right. Because God, it means God has already gone before you, amen, to get it solved, amen. You never know what people are facing and going through themselves and how quick God has already caused them to forgive. We are to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, amen. And so this is what God desires of us, the, the fruit of the Spirit, amen, is peace. Love, joy, peace. Amen. Think about it. And Paul told the church of Rome, he said, The gospel did not come in word only, but by power and the Holy Ghost and much assurance. Romans fourteen seventeen, he said, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See? And the kingdom of God is where? In you. See? The kingdom of God, Jesus says, don't look there, look over here. This is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of heaven. Righteousness. Doing what is right. Being at peace with yourself. Being at peace with others. And having the joy of the Lord in you, which is your strength. Amen. That's the kingdom of God. So we've got to walk in this thing. We've got to learn to do this thing. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Amen. Titus, Timothy. I meant Timothy. Thessalonians, Timothy, right? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Everybody there? Amen. You guys could probably quote these scriptures by heart. I probably don't even need to be using the Bible for you guys. Y'all are so smart and good at this stuff. You remembering all this scripture. Y'all got it in your heart. You've hid it in your heart all your life. You're rooting up stuff and covering up. So you got some more word in you. You know what to do with. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. Flee also you for lust and follow righteousness, faith, Charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There we go. We go right back, don't we? See, last week we was talking about having a pure heart. So you want your heart to maintain purity. Amen. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Amen. We want to keep that heart pure. That's what God is all about. And so we want to follow righteousness. We want to follow doing right. We want to follow faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. We want to follow love, charity. Now abide it, faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest is charity. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter in the Bible. And now peace. Notice, follow after peace. With them that call on the Lord our pure heart, but foolishness and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they do what? Gender strife. They bring more division. Avoid these things. 
And the servants of the Lord must not strive. We must not be argumentative. We not be go about, amen, bringing about division and everything. But we must be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient and meekness. There is that word again. Amen. Instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preventure or by chance will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil which has taken them captive out of his will. See, so when we go about being peaceful and gentle and follow the right things and we don't get argumentative and striving and debate and all this stuff that the world is doing, the people who is captive by the enemy in the world will see that. And they will be able to ask you, what must I do to be saved? You know, kind of like on the day of Pentecost, they says, what must I do? Peter says, repent, turn around, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In other words, you can get the gospel of peace, too. You can have the same thing I got in my life. Amen. Because we're all of the same body. We're all of the same spirit. Amen. If I have peace, you're supposed to have peace. If I have joy, you're supposed to have joy. All of the same things that God has given me is for you as well. Because there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all of us here. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So our attitude, we have to adjust our attitudes to make sure that we are following what the Lord is asking you and I to do. By the unit of the Spirit, we are to understand not only a spiritual unity, but also a unity of sentiments, desires, and affections, such as is worthy of and springs from the Spirit of God. By the bond of peace, we are to understand a peace of union, where the interests of all parties are consecrated, semen and seal, the Spirit of God being the seal upon that knot. Amen. So notice, the Spirit binds us. It brings that unity of the Spirit. Amen. And so as I said on the onset, every one of us should be winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Every year we should be receiving this award. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. Matthew five thirty-nine through 48. Everybody there? But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty hard, huh? <laughs> Ever had anybody slap you? <laughs> and it takes a tough person to, you know, really, you know, if people cause you names or whatever is the same concept. You know, same concept. Jesus just used it from that day because, you know, different circumstances and stuff. And that's what people did a lot of times. They would smack, in those days, would smack people, you know. You know, if you look at Jesus, how he was bruised and beaten and everything, you know, he did not 
regress against them. You know, so it's the same concept when people call you names. People, I think it says, say all matters of evil falsely against you for my sake. You know, it would be easy to get upset. It would be easy to get mad when people lie on you. People tell your business or whatever. You know, it would be real easy to to get mad uh, and want to get revenge. But we know Scripture says what? Vengeance is mine. I will replay Pay see the Lord. Amen. And and I think I, I I think I told you when you look at Isaiah 61 and verse 2 at the end. Don't go there. But I, 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 the last thing Isaiah writes about is in the day of vengeance of our Lord. And, and in Luke 4, 18 and 19, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart, preach deliverance, cap, recover sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He stopped short. He didn't say, in the vengeance of our God. See? Because that's not what he was here for at the time. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. See? But the next time he comes again, then vengeance will be taken. This is why Paul told the church at Thessalonica in Second Thessalonians two, verse one, uh chapter one verse I think is like maybe thirteen somewhere. Uh he, he says uh and you who are troubled let me let me read it for you. Second Thessalonians chapter one uh not one, excuse me. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, it is chapter 1, verse 8, uh, 7 and 8. And you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire. Doing what? Taking vengeance on them. Do what? That know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall become to be glorified in his saints and to be believed and to be admired in all them that believe because their testimonies of the day was believed. Amen. So, see, there's going to be a day of vengeance. So this is why God says, hey, you're my child. Amen. So somebody smack you on the right, give them your left. They say bad things about you. Just go ahead and rejoice because you're becoming a partaker. Everything people do to you as a child of God, you're supposed to rejoice because you're becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. It's not easy. The greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We must go about to what? Maintain the unity of the peace. Amen. We're peacemakers. We're the children of God. Verse 40. Amen. And if a man will sue thee at the law... Take away thy coat, let him have your cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go to. Amen. Man, you just told me you need to go to Kmart. Now you don't want to go. Now you want me to go to take you to Walmart. I had a guy do that one night. He said, will you give me a ride home? You know, and I said, yeah, I'll give you a ride home. You know, get into his house. And the first thing he says, can, can you take me? You know, over here, 
Okay, I'll take you here. You get there. Hold on, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Will you, will you take me over here? <laughs> okay, I'll take you over here. Will you take me back home? <laughs> okay. Everything to maintain the peace, cause I'm about to be my bell, about ready to reach out and touch somebody, you know. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But anyhow, Amen. Where was I? And who said, go, go, give to them that asked of thee, and from them that would borrow of thee, turned thou not away. For ye have heard that it had been said, I shall love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh its son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brother only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. Amen. We've got to be complete in this thing. Amen. Because we want to be the children of of God. Amen. And sometimes God's words and sometimes the things that he instructs us to do does not make common sense to you and I. But if we follow the word of God, if we go on to do what he's asking us to do, we can see that we can maintain the peace that God desires of us to maintain. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Amen. God bless you.